Well, I got some things to get off my chest, some things that really bother me. Can I tell you about them? Okay. So I don't like when I go to the store and I'm in line and I'm watching the cashier smile and chuckle it up with everybody else. And then when I get up in front, it's like crickets. No, no greeting, no, no smile, no nothing. That bothers me. And I don't like when someone sneezes and I say, bless you, and they don't say thank you. I'm like, didn't you just hear me bless you? Why would you not say thank you? That's annoying. And I especially don't like when I hold the door open for someone and they just walk right on through and they don't say thank you. Somebody just did this to me about two weeks ago at a gas station. I held the door open. These two women walked through and they just didn't say a word like it was my job. And I wanted to turn around and be like, you're welcome. And I thought, well, I better not say that. <laughs> because depending on what their reaction is, it might get me outside of my character. I just generally don't like when someone does something nice or kind for someone else and they don't say thank you. Because I'm a kind person. I'm kind to people because that's who I am. I'm a giving person. I'm generous with my time, giving people a listening ear, giving my time away to hear their heart. And whether or not they ever say thank you to me, it ought not change how I respond to them because it's who I am. Because of my kindness and my caring and my empathetic ways, they're just a part of who I am as a person. It's my character. It's who I am. And I don't do what I do for anyone's likes or appreciation, although, like I just said, a thank you is nice sometimes. I do what I do because that's who I am. And I'm going to be who I am in this world because that's who God created me to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so it is with God. He is who he is regardless of our actions. He is our guide and provider. And you might be lost to you, but you're not lost to him. He knows where you are on the map of life, and he is well able to guide you safely to where he wants you to go, and he is well able to provide for you while you're on your journey. So welcome to the story of Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness, where I'm picking up in his story during this time uh, you know, for me, I see God the Father doing all these kind things for Israel, and I'm hard-pressed to find where they were grateful, where they just simply said, thank you. God is guiding them along like a mother hen, caring over them, providing for them so faithfully. And what I see is a bunch of folks who just complain, and they just don't seem grateful. So, Journey with me, let's recap a bit what's going on. We see in Exodus 2 how the Israelites were groaning under the weight of being enslaved. They cried out to God for help. He hears them and he remembers their generations and he decides enough is enough. It's time for freedom. He chooses Moses to be his helper in this mission and to deliver a message to Israel and to the Egyptians. His message to the Israelites was, let's roll. And his message to the Egyptians was, just let us go. All the way from Exodus chapter 1 to chapter 9, God sets Moses up for this mission. He gives him a mission buddy, 
and Aaron because of his speech insecurities. And God the Father trained him on what to say and how to say it and when to say it. And he even gives Moses the courtesy of knowing in advance what's about to go down. In Exodus chapter 9 through 12, Moses and Pharaoh are having their exchanges. The plagues are in full effect, and God is watching over the whole situation. He's setting things up. Say it with me. It's a setup. Exodus 3, verse 7 through 8 says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It was all a big setup. He was setting Israel up to experience his goodness and setting things up for him to get the glory. Now, here's the thing. What I believe the Israelites didn't realize, and many of us as well, is that his glory would come down and challenge them. His glory would stretch their faith. So much so that sometimes it felt like he had forgotten all about them. But God was always concerned about the Israelites. And he is always concerned about you. God is always concerned about you. His concern for us goes way beyond meeting our physical comfort, but to the well-being of our souls. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. He'd rather have them go all out of their way to get to their destination rather than risk them being tempted to go backwards into slavery. In John chapter 1, we are reminded that God doesn't tempt anyone, but rather we are tempted when we are drawn away by our own lusts, by our own evil desires. And God the Father, knowing his creation, Knowing their character, he did them a favor by having them go out of their way. It was all a setup for him to get the glory and for them to experience his goodness. He was concerned. He guided them and provided for them along their path and journey out of Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 13, we see that he himself guides and protects them as a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And he guided them by protecting them from the front and behind. If you feel unworthy or incapable of assisting God with his missions, do it anyway. Because he's with you. And to be with God is to be guided by God. He is a guide and a protector, and he is more concerned with the well-being of your soul than your comfort. So my second point is, it's in God's character to guide and provide. Again, it is who he is, and what he invites us into, he is well able to equip us to go through it with him. So at the beginning of Exodus 14, as Pharaoh is approaching and the Egyptians are marching after them and the Israelites were terrified and they cried out to the Lord and they were freaking out, saying it would have been better for us 
to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. Exodus 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Hold your peace. Hold your peace is what he was telling them. See, back when all this first started, Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me when I talk to the people? And God said to Moses, you tell them, I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Moses had spent enough time with God to know who he is. And their relationship had deepened and there was trust between them. And he knew that God the Father was gentle and holy and righteous. But the Israelites hadn't spent that same kind of time with him the way Moses did. So they had some doubts. And here we are with Moses in the wilderness trying to get the people to recognize that I am is trustworthy. That he will care for them. That he will guide them and provide for them. And to be thankful and obedient because he deserves it. I think sometimes we forget Right? Well, when we're going through stuff, we forget. We forget his kindness and mercy, his guidance and provision. We forget that if he did it for us before, he can do it for us again. Back to poor Moses. He didn't have the luxury to hear a complaint from the people and then, like, press pause, ponder on it for a minute, and then, you know, respond. No, they were on his neck. He's getting information in real time from both sides, right? He's hearing guidance and direction from the Father over here, and then he's hearing the complaints and the concerns of the people, and he keeps trying to encourage them. He keeps trying to say, just trust God, trust God. I'm telling you what he told me, just trust him. And I love what God says to him after, <laughs> after the Israelites complain to him. He says this to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. He's saying, I've already told you I'm with you. And I hear this in the most parental way. That's what I'm saying. I hear God saying, didn't I just tell you? I am with you. I've already opened the door for you. Move. I already told you what I'm going to do for you. Tell them to move. And when you've gotten a green light from God, act on it. It doesn't matter if somebody comes to you with all the distractions and, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if there's really God and grumbling. They don't know what you know. And they don't know who you know. You tell them what to do. Moses wasn't asking the Israelites for permission. He had already gotten permission from the one who matters, and he is giving them directions just as he received it. Move. When my kids were younger and we were on our way out to a store to buy something or run errands, I'd have to go through this whole speech. This is the rundown, right? 
like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to do about one, two things, one, two, three things maybe. And if you know, then you know. I have six kids. So I'm imagining my four youngest when we are going out to the store, and I'm saying, listen, guys, don't ask me for nothing. <laughs> don't touch anything. I'm going in here to go do boom, boom, boom. That's it. You got it? Yeah, you know. But you got to, we know what it is. We got to have this conversation in the house. We got to have it in the car. We got to have it when we get out the car, walking through the drive, uh, the parking lot, and then right up to the door. Listen, remember what I said. And you could, they're like, yeah, mom. And you could, oh, the countdown. You can see it on their face, the excitement build as we get closer and closer to the door. And it's like a countdown, like five, four, three, two. Okay, here they go. And you got to, okay, two want to go this way, two want to go that way. One wants to touch this, one wants to touch that. Guys, remember what I said. And if I'm thinking ahead, I will prepare. I will have some supports in place to help them stay and listen to mommy and obey. I'm going to have the little the stickers and things to keep their hands busy. I'm going to have all the yummy snacks and stuff that I can filter to them and just kind of shove their way to keep them close to me. It's because I know what's in their heart, and I don't want them to be tempted to disobey. So I've given them instructions. I've guided them on what we're going to do. I've supported them by providing extra things for them. So I'm hoping they're going to stay by my side. Follow me. Now, if they don't, now I got to be like what God was telling Mo Moses to do. Now it's no longer, oh, okay, we're going to walk over here. Follow me. Uh, be my pocket pal. We're not doing none of that. Now it's like, let's go. <laughs> walk. Or by the coat. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This is what we're doing. We got some place to go. I got things to do. Move. So God provides shelter and protection and deliverance for the Israelites. And he grabs them by the hand through Moses' obedience and led them out of Egypt through the sea on dry land. And in Exodus 14, starting in verse 29, it says this. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So now they see what he had been telling them all along. And in Exodus 14, after their deliverance, this big experience, they start to rejoice. Beginning of Exodus 15, the Bible says Moses and the Israelites go into full-on worship mode. They sing a mighty song for the Lord. This is what they say, verse 1. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. They just watch this with their eyes. People just collapse under the weight of this water. The Lord is my strength and my defense. Amen. He has become my salvation. Hallelujah. He is my God and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Can you imagine Kanisha and the worship band singing that? It'd be amazing. Then his sister, Miriam, she cranks it up a notch. She gets her um, uh, 
thank you. Gets her tambourine. The ladies start chiming in, and this is what they sing. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. They had a wonderful time rejoicing and watching the hand of God guide and provide for them. But sadly, that rejoicing wears off. And then the fear and the discomfort greets them. Exodus 15, verse 22 says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. The Father provided drinkable water through Moses' disobedience. His obedience. After two months and some change passed, they find themselves hungry now. The Bible says the whole community, not just one or two people, the whole community was grumbling against Moses and Aaron, and they were bringing the drama in Exodus 16, the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. At least there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But no, you brought us out of uh, Egypt into this desert to starve all of us to death. It's like so dramatic. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. God, again, guides and provides. They just had an amazing worship service. They rejoiced, recalling all of the amazing things God just did. And then already it's, well, at least back in Egypt. Gave up so fast. It wasn't like, hey, um, Lord, uh, been a little while, starting to get hungry, was wondering when you were going to give us something to eat because we're hungry. And I know you know what we're going through because your eye is upon us. Remember, you gave us some water, so just wondering, can you give us something to eat? There was no, like, acknowledgement that he was a provider. It was just straight up, oh, would have been better if we had died because you're just out here forgetting all about us. So much drama. So much forgetfulness, honestly. Point three, watch your complaining. Just ask for what you want. You don't have to be passive aggressive about it. Wrap your request in thanksgiving. And if you don't have it in you to be thankful, you just feel so tapped out, ask him for help to be thankful. Oh, what did you bring us here for? Just to die. We would have been better someplace else. With all your complaining, come on. Did you not just see this labor that he performed for us? And this was light work for him, not for Moses, because y'all were stressing him out, but it was light work for the father. It was like a piece of cake. <sighs> Poor Moses. 
Again, he's got one ear to the people, one ear to the Father. God is telling him one thing, you know, guiding him, directing him. He's being so good, so merciful, so gracious. And then the people are just complaining. I love what Moses says. Verse 8. This is what he says to them. And we're still in uh, chapter 16. Moses says, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? Talking about him and Aaron. You are not grumbling against us. You are grumbling against the Lord. And what I hear him saying is watch yourself. This is a gentle warning he's giving them. You're starting to complain a little too much. And you're not just complaining to me. You're actually complaining to God. As if he's not holy and righteous and able. Follow along with me. Exodus 17, starting in verse 2. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Again, the drama. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And this is how I picture it. <laughs> the Israelites doing what they do, complaining and talking to Moses. And I could just see Moses turn around and say, okay. Then turn around, Lord, I'm going to need you to get your people. Because I don't, I don't, what's happening? Verse 4, they got Moses all the way stressed out. What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord guides Moses what to do and sets it up in such a way where they would be in awe of God's provision and gain respect and trust for God's servant, Moses. He tells him, strike a rock, drinkable water will come out for everybody to drink. He does it. Chapter 17, verse 5. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and the area where he did this was named so because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? When we complain, without at least giving some thanks, it's like telling God, you don't even know if he exists. He does who he is. That's why his name is I am who I am. I am who I am. What I do is an extension of who I am. I guide you because I'm a guide. I provide because I'm a provider. It's an insult. And it's like we're testing his patience with us. When we complain and quarrel, with him, again, as if he's not a good provider, as if he's not a good helper, as if he's not a good protector, 
And I'm not saying you can't pour your heart out to him, right? Like we can give him the good, the bad, the ugly. We can, Psalms prove that. We can tell him what is on our heart. I'm just saying, can we add a little bit of gratitude to it? Can we re- just remember for a second that he is God, righteous and holy, and at any time he can change our whole situation around. Point four, be grateful. Say thank you. Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Tell him what you want and what you need. But remember how good he is and just be thankful. Lord, you know I got these bills and not sure about the kids and whatever is going on at work and I don't see a way out of this. But I know you're faithful and I know your eyes upon me. I'm your child. You care for me. I am your responsibility. I know you're going to get me through this. Thank you for providing for me, even though I don't know how you're going to do it. Thank you for changing things around in my situation. I know you're going to do it. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I'm thanking you in advance. And I'm calling on you for help. Ephesians 5.20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you please grab your connection card? On the back, there is an action step. And it says... Find it in my own little notes. Going forward, I will thank Jesus for guiding me through my circumstances and providing for me. Here's what I would like to ask you to do I want to ask you to just remember to say thank you and all of the stuff that you have going on and all of your requests and needs to just say thank you. And if this uh, hits you a certain kind of way, I encourage you to check the box if that's something that you would commit to doing. Going forward, I will thank Jesus for guiding me through my circumstances and providing for me, even if I don't see it, because the Israelites didn't see it either. But Moses had to keep encouraging them. And that's what all of us are here for, to keep encouraging you, to hold on, to move So if you've checked that, um, we'll just have the ushers come up and collect that. Um, You could also do it online, digitally as well. But while the ushers are coming up to collect your connection cards, I just want to encourage you that prayer teams are up here after service, and they would love to pray for you. If there's anything that pricks your heart, please come up and get prayer. If you would like to say yes to following Jesus for the first time, let them pray for you. And then I would love to pray for you as you go. So stand with me so I can pray for all of us. If you're able. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. Thank you Holy Spirit for helping us to understand the heart of the Father for us. 
thank you for making complex concepts understandable. And thank you for um, helping us to feel his presence oh so close. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for guiding me and providing for me. Thank you, Jesus, for your provision. Thank you for your kindness and your patience. Thank you so much, Jesus, for taking good care of us. Thank you for giving us what we need. And thank you for giving us what we want as you see fit. And Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing upon your people. Will you help us to be grateful and thankful in all circumstances and to remember how awesome you are so that our complaints just don't turn into grumblings and hollow complaining as though you aren't real. But help us to know that you are with us in the good and the bad, and that we can trust you. So I pray your blessing upon your people. Guard their hearts and their minds, Lord. Keep them so close to you. And I pray you continue to guide and provide for them along each of their individual paths with you. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your love. Amen. Have a blessed day.